And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Focusing on the quarterback position for week 15 on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Everybody and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. It's Thursday, December 15th. We are moving ahead to week 15. So 15 is the lucky number of the day here today. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, what's going on, man? Really is the day made for this podcast. If there were 15 <laughs> months in a year, I guess it'd be you know, three months out. Thankfully, there aren't 15 months in this particular year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is exactly what our pod looks for. Week 15 of the Fantasy Football season. It's a big one. It is a big one. We are moving on to the fantasy football semifinals, and uh, there's really no reason to stop tweaking your roster. Uh, you don't want to make any huge moves, any drastic moves, but there are still moves to be made, and that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. The first concerns a move being made in real life, and that is Gardner Minshew getting back in the starter's chair for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a move that, frankly, is long overdue. Minshew has been a healthy backup to Mike Glennon for the last couple of weeks, but Minshew relieved Glennon, an ineffective shock Glennon in week 14, and Minshew will start now in week 15. It's a couple of tough matchups for uh, the Jaguars. They're playing the Ravens and the Bears in these last two fantasy-relevant weeks of the season, but still, this is good news for all Jaguars skill players. Let's start with Minshew here, Derek. Any interest in streaming him? I think his role's probably more as a QB2 in Superflex Leagues, just considering the matchups and the fact that he's getting back in with probably some rust to shake off. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason Gardner Minshew didn't just get the job back right away, and with two difficult matchups down the stretch, I'm not looking forward to playing Minshew himself, even though I think you can give the key Jags, specifically James Robinson and DJ Chark, slight bumps, right? I think this is a team that could score a little more with Gardner Minshew out there, and they might push the ball downfield a little bit more, which helps Chark specifically, but those guys were probably in your lineups anyway, so I don't know if it takes anybody who was on the outside and kind of puts them into lineups for fantasy football semifinals, especially having to go on the road to Baltimore. That is a nasty matchup in Week 15. Yeah, I don't think it moves anyone. I don't think it changes the way you feel about Keelan Cole or LaVisca Chenault. I mean, they're probably sitting out there on waivers in most leagues rather than sitting on benches and not being put into starting lineups. What I think it does is just confirm DJ Chark as a starter. James Robinson uh, was still putting up numbers week after week after week with both Jake Luton and uh, Mike Glennon as the starter, one of the safest floors in fantasy football. The dude just seems to roll out of bed on Sundays and give you at least 90 yards from scrimmage. DJ Chark has had plenty of opportunity 
with Jake Luton and Mike Glenn in the first start. With Jake Luton, he had 12 targets from there, five targets against the Packers in a game he left early because of injury, and eight targets against the Steelers, seven targets against the Vikings, nine targets last week against the Titans. So he's had plenty of opportunity. It just hasn't worked out to any actual bottom line production. And what you like from Gardner Minshew getting back in the lineup, first of all, these guys rose to prominence together last year. And secondly, Minshew was peppering him with targets uh, once he came into the game. Many of those nine targets, the majority of those nine targets that he got in the loss to the Titans came with Gardner Minshew on the field. And as you said, these were downfield targets. These were end zone targets. Gardner Minshew has no problem locking in on DJ Chark and giving him a ton of opportunity. So I think that DJ Chark is just Maybe from a low-end wide receiver three, someone who you wonder, do I start him over, I don't know, Marvin Jones or CeeDee Lamb, someone like that, that he has confirmed a little bit over guys along those lines. So good news, definitely, even with a couple of tough matchups for DJ Chark getting Gardner Minshew back on the field. Matthew Stafford might not be on the field this week against the Tennessee Titans, left the Lions lost to the Packers late after taking a hit where he was just hit awkwardly on the top of his back and folded up weirdly. Chase Daniel ended up finishing that game, and Chase Daniel could get the start against the Titans on Sunday. We obviously will learn more about this as the week goes on. Uh, if it is indeed Chase Daniel, Derek, is this enough of a downgrade for you to change the way you think about any Lions? Uh, you know, particularly, we don't know about Kenny Galladay, but we can throw him in this discussion. Uh, DeAndre Swift, assuming that he is uh, going to be in line for a full starters workload here. TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, any of those guys move out of your lineup if Chase Daniel's the starter. I wonder with Marvin Jones, maybe if, if you downgrade him enough to sit him down in leagues where you only start two receivers, I think that's kind of an easy cutoff. Leagues where you start three would be pretty borderline. I think you wonder if the Lions would hold back on pushing the ball downfield, whereas with Stafford, they're a fully functioning offense. So if you water it down, I'm not sure Marvin Jones is good enough to be a lock for your lineup anymore. TJ Hawkinson still plays because of the shape of the tight end position, and Chase Daniel is backup quarterbacks go is at least competent, right? You're not completely falling into the Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph <laughs> nightmare that the Steelers went through last year. You've got a guy that's played in a few systems and looks like he at least has a clue what he's doing out there when he plays. So it makes Jones fringy. Hawkinson's still in. I could see DeAndre Swift actually getting a workload bump uh, as a result of Daniel possibly getting this start. Uh, the concern you have, though, is that Tennessee can score and the Lions' defense is bad, so uh, they may have to throw up more than they want to with Chase Daniel in this matchup. So volume could still be there, even if it's inefficient volume through the air. Yep, you definitely nailed that one across the board. I'm playing Galladay if he comes back. I'm definitely playing Hawkinson and Swift. Marvin Jones probably pushes out of the lineup, and that would have as much to do with Galladay coming back, or maybe a little bit less to do with Galladay, or a little bit more to do, excuse me, with Galladay coming back than it would with making the move from Stafford to Chase Daniel. But I don't think you can sit down any of those key players for the Lions just because of this quarterback change. DeAndre Swift gave you a touchdown 50 yards from scrimmage in his first game back from the concussion issues. TJ Hawkinson has just developed into, I would say, you know, probably the only people who feel better about their tight end than TJ Hawkinson managers are people who have Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. I think TJ Hawkinson managers are feeling great about rolling him out there every single week too. And while you wouldn't feel as great with Chase Daniel as the starter, still feeling 
pretty comfortable with Hawkinson. Last four games, he's given you at least 68 yards or a touchdown in all four. Two of those games, he's gone north of 80 yards with five catches in both of those 80-yard games. So feeling pretty good about TJ Hawkinson, even if Chase Daniel does indeed get the start for the Lions this week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Derek, let's stick at the quarterback position. Let's stick in the NFC North, but let's flip this to a positive discussion. Are we going to be talking about Mitch Trubisky? Mitch Trubisky as a playoff hero. He already did it in the first week of the playoffs, 267 yards, three touchdowns, 23 rushing yards in the Bears' win over the Houston Texans. The Bears are at Minnesota in Week 15, then at Jacksonville in Week 16. Jake's adjusted points allowed metric uh, going back to before week 14, Jake has not run the numbers yet to include week 14, but at this stage of the game, things aren't going to change very much. Minnesota was basically a neutral matchup, a little bit up of a positive for the quarterback, and then Jacksonville, a plus-plus matchup, the third-best matchup for quarterbacks. We saw Mitch take advantage of a good matchup against Houston in week 14. We saw him take advantage of a good matchup against Detroit in week 12 when he threw for 250 yards and three touchdowns. These are two more choice matchups, or at least one big-time choice matchup ahead of him. I mean, Mitch seems to have a very strong line on being a playoff hero, Derek, and I don't think anyone is more surprised by that than me. Yeah, if you were in the stream quarterbacks or Mitch and mix and match group all season long, this is the kind of player you might have to play in championship week in week 16. I think in week 15, he's a little more borderline in your typical one quarterback league. You'd feel worse about some of the other options that are out there, but you'd certainly feel better about some other options too. Uh, if you were in a situation where Jalen Hurts and Mitch Trubisky were both available for Week 15, I assume you'd be more comfortable with Hurts because of what he showed us as a runner Sunday against the Saints, right? Yeah, and you know what? I actually find myself in that exact position, Derek, in a super flex league uh, where I have to choose between one of them to go with Josh Allen as my two QBs starting uh, this week, and I am leaning toward Hurts. But I think that's a, that's like a really good uh, barometer of both of where both these guys stand, frankly, 
in week 15, and we're talking about him on that QB1, QB2 border, and then I think Mitch uh, gets right back in the lineup in week 16 if you do sit him down in week 15 and advance. We know that that Jacksonville defense has been very friendly Two quarterbacks all season, probably not going to slow down. And really, this whole Bears offense, we've been talking about this three-week run of uh, of games that the Bears are going to have in the playoffs against Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville, getting excited for it because of how skinny the tree is there and because of how competent guys can be when they get these matchups. We've seen it uh, now for, for a couple of weeks from Mitch. We know what David Montgomery's done, know what Allen Robinson has done, and the Bears of all teams could be carrying people to fantasy championships. Do not expect that to happen every single season, but it is shaping up nicely for them over these next couple of weeks. Uh, let's look at the waiver wire for week 15. As we would expect, minus any big injury, it's going to be pretty sparse on the wire at this time of year, and we didn't have any big injury, thankfully, in week 14. So it's a pretty sparse waiver wire. There are a couple of receivers, I think, who are worth looking at, almost regardless of what you have already on your roster. Lynn Bowden and Tim Patrick. Lynn Bowden, we talked about him on Monday's episode, but bears repeating here, especially now that we have a little bit more information on the injuries to Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Kosicki. Certainly sounds like Mike Kosicki is going to be missing some time. Bowden got nine targets, caught seven of them for 82 yards in the Dolphins' loss to the Chiefs in Week 14. He's got New England in Week 15, the Vegas Raiders in Week 16. Uh, you know, I, I think we've already mentioned this on Monday. You circle back to it. Feels like the sort of guy who you pick up at the very least to block other people from having him and putting him in your decision-making process, but definitely a guy worth rostering at this stage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the news on Mike Gesicki, as we expected when we last spoke, is looking like he's going to miss at least one game, and it's possible that his season's over. We'll know more probably in the next 24 to 48 hours. And since Gesicki was really kind of falling in as Tua Tungavailoa's favorite target, I think there's a lot of opportunities up for grabs here. I think Bowden's versatility, it is really a way to get him on the field in almost any situation. If he can have design run plays, if he can have the occasional design pass play, in addition to what he does running some routes, there could be 10 touches there. I'm not backing away from that. I know it's a wide range of outcomes because if the other dinged-up Dolphins are able to play, if Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant are healthy enough to go, Suddenly, there aren't that many targets available, but for a good team, Miami has way more opportunities up for grabs at this point in the season than they probably should, and I think Bowden's a guy that they sought out via trade. His versatility, as I mentioned before, it's really key to him having some sort of useful floor the rest of the way, even if there are some other options there. I don't think I want to play him if I can help it, Mm -hmm. but you could do worse on the waiver wire than Bowden at this point. The other guy who's sitting out there is Tim Patrick, scored his sixth touchdown of the season in the Broncos' 32-27 win over the Panthers in Week 14. A couple of decent matchups coming up for him, too. Buffalo in Week 15, the Chargers in Week 16. Uh, Denver's an offense that uh, you look at those two games and there could be a lot of throwing for the Broncos in there. And Tim Patrick has been quietly productive, really, for the balance of the season, Derek. As I said, six touchdowns. He spread those across five games. He's got three 100-yard games to his name. Two of those came in games where he didn't score. So he's been giving you some wide receiver three-level production over the course of the season, and someone who also, even if you're not going to start him, is at least worth having on your roster. Yeah, they take shots at him downfield. I mean, if you look at the big plays this season, 11 catches out of 43 receptions have gone for 20-plus yards. Four of those 11 have gone for 40 plus that's why you've got 
such a good efficiency number, 9.6 yards per target for Tim Patrick this season. Uh, he kind of pops in terms of your air yards and um, you know, air yards per snap and percentage of air yards for the team. He doesn't drop a lot of balls. I just like that they take the shots to him downfield. I don't know how he would fit in an offense with Cortland Sutton out there as well. I think he would be the kind of guy that would lose some volume and as a result would become a lot more feast or famine than he has been. But Tim Patrick has been a really nice surprise for the Broncos this season. And I do trust him. I like him a little more than Bowden in leagues where they're both available. Patrick's been chipping away and, and contributing this offense for a few weeks now. And you look back at that Week 12 dud against the Saints, that was the Kendall Hinton game. That was a game in which mm-hmm. they did not have a quarterback <laughs> to play. So you can't look at that and hold that against them around that 9, 6, 8, 4, and 5 targets in those other five games uh, since he missed time in Week 8. So Tim Patrick definitely gets the thumbs up for me where he's available. Tim Patrick and Lynn Bowden making sure that we do have something to go after on the waiver wire in Week 15. Thanks for going after us and listening to this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get yourself in the door and get a gift subscription for someone in your life as well. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15 and take advantage of our active buy one, get one offer. Derek Van Riper and I will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.